What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 357, Mr. Samich. Tampa Huzzah! Tampa Huzzah. Uh, I've got the mini laptop with the live stream going just so I can like have fun in the comments section. And for a brief second, I was watching this and thinking this was the where we were at, and that's a 10-second delay. And all of a sudden, I was like, the music cut out. And I was like, ah, we're live. So, uh, yeah, that's how my day's going so far. Yeah, nice. Love it. Yeah. Uh, my day's been interesting. Gulfstream was so good and then so bad to me. So now we're just trying to to salvage some some qualifiers here and get through. So we need the three in the last. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, this uh, this one was brutal. The early pick five was kind of rough uh, because we had the fifteen to one shot as a must use, and then the four horse who looks home in the fourth just gets caught by this donkey of a one horse that I'm never going to use coming from Tampa to go to Gulfstream. Um, and it's you know it's also like they switched it from turf to synth and then you had then you don't want the speed but you had some speed it's just it's tough man it's tough sometimes so frustrating but hey you know the 20 pick five paid 300 bucks for four out of five which is always fun but it would have been nicer to hit it <laughs> you had the uh that 15 to one shot that came home it was uh mike and i earlier if you didn't see over at the YouTube channel, the Captiva Island Stakes, which is the feature race Saturday at Goldstream, which, by the way, is not supposed to get hardly any of the rain Tampa's supposed to get Saturday. But Mike and I previewed that, and right before we were going to record, he says, hang on, I just want to watch this race at Tampa. The 15-to-1 shot comes home, and immediately in the background, just ding, 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 <laughs> ding, ding. All the Salmo Bomb customers in, in the Magic Mike Army, you guys were hitting them up, and it was hilarious, and it was it was really awesome to see because Mike says, yeah, I get hit up. But to literally, like, the last horses are crossing the line, and Mike's phone's blowing up. Pretty cool. I got to give credit to Aaron, too. Top pick on the site. The top free pick as well at that 15-to-1 oh, nice. Both of us were all over that horse. I know Dr. Tang had it in the tournaments as well as a Man. bunch of others here. So, it's uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was one of those horses that w- was somehow 15-to-1, even though a lot of people had it. So, hopefully, some people put some win money on it and cashed in there. Usually, if those – usually, if you and Aaron agree on a horse, you're not getting – I mean, you might get a long shot. You're not getting 15-to-1 on a horse like that, unless it's like some grade one crazy race. And it's, I don't think grade one races are happening Gulfstream on Thursdays. I mean, you never know. It's a champion's meet, right? That's true. No, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, uh, listen, we're going to be covering uh by popular demand, the Tampa Bay Saturday uh, pick four. We were going to do the late pick four and then, uh, Mike caught this. Thankfully, they're doing an all stakes pick four, which is actually races eight through eleven. So it's a twelve race card. Races eight through eleven are all stakes, and the reason we made that shift is they're calling for a hundred percent chance rain, thunderstorms all morning at Tampa. Um, this sequence already has two turf stakes races in it. The finale is supposed to be on turf. I still want to talk about it because there is a horse that I really love at a price. That if the horse ever does go on turf, I, I want to talk about him. But we'll do that at the end of the show. So uh, we do have the All Stakes one and two of them on dirt. And that first one is funky. 
We'll see. So interesting. I'm, I'm glad that you were willing to switch because my boy Wolfie <laughs> Dina Ghost is in there. Uh, which I you knew know, that's why. I knew I, that's I love why. this horse. I, I literally, I bet this horse like four of the eight races it's run. It's the reason I got to the final table in HC. So I love me some Wolfie's Dina Ghost. Um, it got that day started on day two. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to talk about him. But it's an interesting mile in the 16th race. It's a grade three. So I'm glad that you you bent to my will here and wanted to cover a grade three dirt race instead of a. Maiden special weight that's going to rain off the turf. I appreciate you, you know, bending to common sense there. Uh, it was funny before we even got live. Uh, Brett was the first one to start a, a conversation. Paco versus Ired. Who's the more dangerous rider? Paco Lopez getting 14 days for that bullshit ride on in due time. And that begins Sunday, which conveniently happens to be the day after Tampa Bay Derby Day, which he's got a lot of mounts for. And oh, by the way, he can still ride on the stakes on Florida Derby Day. So uh, a bunch of bullshit. But it was kind of funny because, you know, then it turned to wrestling and two men and one man survived steel cage match scheduled in San Antonio next Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. No, I'm serious, man. I've, I've, this is this is another idea of mine. I'm glad that like Golden Gate listened to me, had a mandatory Monday, and crushed it. That pool went went huge. PDJF, celebrity boxing jockey matchups. You would crush. You could do a pay per view. You could do this live somewhere. You would kill it if you got. You know, obviously the the Ortizes wouldn't fight each other, but if you had celebrity boxing and it was Paco and it was Irad and you got mm-hmm. Flavian and Umberto and you've got like you know. I don't know, man. DeSormo and and Bravo, like you could come up with some pretty fun matchups with just just haymakers being thrown between these jockeys. And I guarantee you, they'd love to, to blow off some steam. And on top of that, I mean, I know I would pay for a ticket to that. It'd be it'd be a lot of fun. Um, I just had a brilliant idea for how we can actually make this work and still make a ton of money for great causes. You make it a voting system and you literally vote with your dollars. So let's say you can make up any, here are the 10 jockeys or eight jockeys who've agreed to do this. And literally any combination, what is it? You figure out how many combinations that is, but you can make that combination and bet or put in how much donate, how much money you want. So let's say you really want to see Irad versus Paco. And you're like, I would pay $10,000 to see that. You literally do that. And then whoever are the top four matchups that make the most money, that's your card. And all of the money that was donated, that's what's given to charity. I would love to see how much Irad would put in to fight Paco and then how much Paco would drop at the last second to not fight Irad. Paco's like, I'll take Leperu. He puts in 40 grand at the last second just so he can fight Leperu instead of Irad. It would be amazing. I love that idea. It's a great idea. This I mean, would, would, pa- crush. would Paco be like all four matches on the card? Or are we, is he going to be just be exhausted? By, yeah. I would assume you can only do one match per person or else Paco's just taking taking heaters all night. Um, but yeah, it would, be, it would be interesting, man. I think that'd be a lot of fun. You could do it in Saratoga and you could do it at Del Mar instead of the, the karaoke thing. The karaoke thing is crushed too. So keep doing that too. I, you should also have a celebrity golf tournament, but hey. Who am I to, to say anything? Anyway, too many good ideas, Mike. Stop. They're going to ban us from yeah. horse racing. Way too many good ideas in one show, especially for the Magic Mike show. We've, we've already hit our limit for the year. Yeah. Uh, uh, and let's as Aaron say, says, let's say something stupid then. I'm super happy baseball is back. <laughs> yeah, I saw that alert. I, like ESPN, my phone blew up and yeah. it was like alert. And I was like, oh shit, it's NHL trade deadline season. I turned on all the alerts for that. Um, and it's like MLB and MLB, a tentative agreement. Fuck off. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, no, the only, the only positive is I no longer have to see. That there is a block out of my timeline anymore. Like that's that's about it. <laughs> uh, bet I'll get into. I'll talk about it real quick because I don't don't need to get into details. The best thing that I saw since our last show on Monday that Obi Wan trailer. I watched it four times before I managed to send it to you, the link to you because I was like, God, oh, this is so good. And I know you weren't a big fan of the Boba Fett series, so uh, you're pretty excited that this is like a a palate cleanser for you. Well, yeah, it's like 
Boba Fett was just bullshit, man. Like they, it was not at all what was promised. It was just a, a clunky effort with flashbacks and flash forwards. And when you have the opportunity to really expand a universe and you just fall flat on your face, it's kind of a bummer after you successfully expanded it with Mandalorian. This looks like it's just a like a fastball, meatball as a baseball. Keep the baseball thing rolling. It's just a meatball right down the plate. If you can't hit this out of the park, uh, you gotta you gotta check check your your. I don't know. Your producer's hat at the door because this is a, a you'd fail pretty hard here if this isn't really good. And the trailer looks amazing, so I, I'm I'm excited about it. And uh, the one person, uh, one woman, Deborah Chow, directing all six episodes. You don't have the weird Robert Rodriguez. Hey, I'm gonna have all my buddies come in this episode. Nothing really makes sense, kind of shit. So, uh, best thing that you saw, Mike? Uh, I got nothing. So let's just kick it off here. You sure it wasn't baseball? I really, I thought you were gonna be like, no, it really was baseball. I could say the Blues, but they suck again, so we're uh, not listen. gonna go with that route. So let's just let's just you know, yell riders up and let's start picking some horses. Riders up. Downs on Saturday, March 12th. Remember, this is races 8 through 11, and race 8 is the grade 3 Michelob Ultra Challenger Stakes. I actually feel bad. I'm drinking a, a Bud Light instead of Michelob Ultra. If I had Ultra, I'd drink it, but I don't. We have here a field of 10 older males going to mile on the 16th on the dirt. And question for you, did you find handicapping this race to be a challenge? Challenging? I mean... All the Challenger Stakes, is it a oh, You're trying to be cute. Your microphone's sucking right now. I don't know what you did to it, but it doesn't sound great. Um... Yeah, look, this I did not think was the easiest race. I, you have two horses here you got to focus on, Greatest Honor and Dynamic One. It's where a lot of the money's going to end up. I'm not really sure I love either of them. I know I don't like Dynamic One at all, so you're going to have to explain to me why the hell you use this horse on your ticket. Um, I didn't see abundance of, abundance of speed here. I thought a lot of the better horses were going to come from off the pace. Because of that, I kind of gravitated toward a speed horse on top here. Um, it's funny, I made fun of this horse for a while, uh, specifically because of the number it received on June 4th back at Belmont. But Cody's Wish came out of that Mahamal asking for Baskin race that we literally knocked for a good month straight. I'm going to put Cody's Wish on top here. This is one of those classic Mott horses where this horse should just keep getting better when it goes longer. Uh, the Vindictive Pipeline race, which Cody's Wish ran third of, actually came back really strong. That was the only time this horse has gone two turns. you got to remember those Churchill mile races are all one turn. That Belmont race is one turn. This is a curling out of a tap at mare. Dance car is a very good horse in her own right. I mean, to me, this is just a horse that should keep improving. And I, I love the fact that you get Sai as a board. This is probably the fastest horse in the field, or at least one of them. The horse on the inside might have something to say to that. But at Tampa, you want to be forwardly placed, especially going two turns. And then you look at, like, dynamic one. It's a plotter. And, yeah, he's going to be running late. But if they're not going that fast and Tampa doesn't, play to closers are we really sure that that horse is going to make a big move so for me i went to cody's wish at eight to one on top that was my only must use in the race i am going to go four deep in this spot though uh did you use cody's wish or you leave him off your ticket so uh i went three deep uh so i did two tickets i actually have a 50 center and a five dollar ticket and the five dollars more expensive than the 50 center uh and uh my must use and my top pick here is going to be the uh the nine cody's wish for trainer bill mott jockey louise size yeah no you nailed everything about this horse uh i love it there's i don't understand a reason not to love this other than if you think the eight to one is a pipe dream and maybe you don't want love him as much but uh yeah no i'm with you on, on cody's wish um, I'll talk about it real quick because dynamic one is only on the 50 center. It needs a defensive use. He's not on the $5 ticket. 
Um, I, I'm using him defensively because he, if it ends up being a really sloppy track, it's not just that he has that win over a good, not sloppy track in, in the curling stakes, but in the mud, he had still had a nice work. Um, it didn't seem like he hated it when he was at Palm Beach Downs about a month ago. I think that with Irad riding, it, it's one of those things that, like, I don't want this horse to, to completely kill me here because there are a couple long shots that I like later in the card. So I'm going to use him defensively. But again, he's off the $5 ticket because I'm with, he feels like a plotter, and a lot of these are going to have to come back to him. Yeah, he is 0 for 3 going a mile and 16th or shorter. Um, all the success is coming at a mile and an eighth or a mile and a quarter. The last thing I want is a horse coming off a layoff going shorter distances when it's consistently run one going longer, right? Especially against a grade three field. It's not like we're coming back against an optional allowance and we just tower over this field. This is a spot where this horse is going to be like, just isn't very good going this short. And this short is a mile and 16th seems kind of silly. But <laughs> if you look at the races, the dynamic one is one, the big races, it's, it's the wood going a mile and an eighth at Aqueduct. It's the curling going a mile and eighth at Saratoga. I mean, yeah. it, it, he just, he wants to go longer. And so, I, I kind of think a mile and a quarter is too short for this horse who's going to try and close into it. Um, you know, Jared in here mentions wrong speed horse. It's like, this is interesting. I'm not using Wolfie's Dynagos because I don't yeah, think Dynagos is a speed horse. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to go to Wolfie's here. I did have greatest honor as the second pick here, the three horse. Um, to me, this is a horse that just looks like he's ready to come back for a big effort here. This is, a, a for me, a, an aggressive spot from Shug here coming right back after a long layup into a grade three. This horse has a little more tactical speed. It's been successful at a mile and a quarter, even at Gulfstream Park, where it's tough to do that with that short stretch coming from off the pace. So I think greatest honor, if we can improve off of those kind of three-year-old numbers and come back here stronger as a four-year-old, is definitely a player. The other speed horse I like was Scalding the Eight, um, who I think is clearly your speed of the speed, has won over the track. Yeah, it's a monster step up. But note that Suge has this horse in here. So you, you got Greatest Honor in here, and you're also entering Scalding? I think that's really interesting. So if, if I'm going to play Greatest Honor, I think Scalding has to make the ticket in that sense. Did you use either of the Shugs in this spot? Um, I did not. I didn't no. use. I thought about. I did not use Greatest Honor. I can't stand that horse. Um, I think he's going <laughs> to take a lot of bad money here. Um, and listen, if he, if he, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, I didn't like him last year as a three-year-old. Don't like him here. Um, so who do you think goes off as the favorite? Who do I think goes off as the favorite? I think it is, it's, I'm not making a bet. So don't even start. <laughs> oh, no, come on. No, I'm not you, doing that. You're wimping you. out before you even get a chance to. It's unbelievable. Uh, I thought about using scalding a little bit, but my issue with scalding is that the race that he's coming out of is, is, uh, not very strong. The, the horses he's been facing, not that great. So, uh, like wax man who, who, uh, uh, beat him in that race two back when he was still a maiden. Um, his race when he came back in the stakes, he was completely terrible. So I think he was fifth beating eight links in that spot. So I didn't use him. I, I scalding I would use over greatest honor, but I no couldn't put him on the ticket. Okay. Did you hit? Uh, we hit all of yours, right? Yeah. No, uh, wait. You I, want to talk about the five horse stopper? Yeah. So I went. I ended up did go and end up going forty pier. And the other horse that I'm going to use here is the five horse war stopper. Sorry, I'm watching the last at Gulfstream. I need the three in tournaments. Um, he won for fun, so we're happy about it. Uh, five horse war stopper here. This is the other Pletcher. Um, I believe there's two Pletchers in here. Anyway, mm -hmm. this is this is a horse where you, you kind of look back, and you, this just came out of that the Candyman Rocket race where Jared picked that horse, and we were on the live stream. We didn't end up using it in the pick four. Jared liked Candyman Rocket, but we all thought that race was a good race, okay? The fact that war stopper was the favorite, okay, so we got that there. But the fact that he didn't run great and Pletcher puts him back in a grade three tells me all I need to tell uh, tells me all I need to about what how like tuned up Warstopper was for that spot. I don't think you saw a fully cranked Warstopper. Now we're getting second off a layoff, and it was a long layoff, June to February here. 
I think you should you can expect this horse to take a monster step forward. Love the fact that we've got tactical speed again on a track that you want to be closer to the pace. And with a race that there's not a ton of pace in, the fact that that Warstopper is going to be able to sit right behind that first flank of leaders, get first run on them, to me makes him awfully dangerous. So uh, I do think using the five Warstopper makes a ton of sense in here. So I'm going to end up four deep. I'm going to go three, five, eight, nine. I don't love the fact that size is on. I mean, I love that he's on Cody's wish. If I like the five, I don't know how much I love that he has been on before and is a regular Toddster. But now we're going with Manny Franco, who 13% with Todd, but is definitely not his, one of his go-to guys. Um, I did consider him. And, and if you subscribe to the, you know, Pletcher's got two in here, so you got to use both of them. Mike's going, ironically, you and I are using them. Um, I would make the case for my third horse and the other one that's on my $5 ticket. I'm just going to go ahead and use the chat because Jared is yeah. making, the, he's making all the cases for me for Wolfie's Dino Ghost. Um, how does Wolfie not go? Draws the rail top time form early speed, two for two at the distance, one in the slop last year. You're getting 10 to one and oh, reliable Paco, the safest rider around. Thanks, Jared. I'll put my Wolfie's Dino Ghost hat on here. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, just wow. some flex on that. Look at, no, look at this like, flex right there. Look at this flex. I love Wolfie's Dino Ghost. I just don't love Wolfie's Dino Ghost on dirt. I think that's the biggest issue. Like, and, and to me, it's it's. I don't think that he's nearly as good of a horse on dirt as he is on turf. This is a full to Sadler's joy. I've talked about it quite a few times because I, I love this horse. I, I love Wolfie's Dino Ghost. I cannot say how much I love Wolfie's Dino Ghost. I had him when he broke his maiden at 33 to 1. Had him when, like, we talked about, this is like the original stable up horse a long time ago. I just don't know why he's on dirt, man. Like that to me is the big, like the synthetic plays toward turf. That's why he took so well to it. It was an incredible effort to be able to hold on and be able to win on the lead. Cause he went fast, took a ton of pressure. And in like everything everyone's saying in the track in the, in the chat is correct. The horse has speed. He probably will send, um, he, he's dangerous from that inside post. So it's just the dirt part of this is my biggest issue here with Wolfie Stein and ghost. It, it might might have to do with the fact that Gulfstream Park doesn't have a stakes on synthetic, but of course they've got all the turf stakes. So you would think synthetic leans towards turf. He's done well on the turf as well. Um, and also to the point, the uh, sloppy race that he did win at Belmont stakes going a mile on the 16th. That was a one turn. It was also against off turf horses. So it was a race that was rained off. So at least some of the competition there, not meant for the dirt necessarily. So uh, four and a half to one. <laughs> I love Wolfie's Dino Ghost. I wish I could pick him. And Jared brings up a good point. Look, if this thing is, is super sloppy and there's some other changes we can make, Wolfie's may make a ticket. Because, like, at some point, I just – I love this horse so much. We made it up on there. I just – I think this horse – I think you're going to see Wolfie's get bet. Because, you know, it's Wolfie's Dino Ghost. Of course the horse is going to get bet. <laughs> I, and I just – I don't – I don't think this horse can wire this field on dirt. That's the biggest issue. The on-dirt part of this is the biggest issue for me. But listen, Mike and I have both our top picks, the number nine Cody's wish, and it might be a wish that we get eight to one. But uh, if we do, looking pretty good. Let's move on. The second leg of the all six pick four at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday, March 12th. We're now going to go to the grade three Florida Oaks scheduled to go on the 16th on the turf. And uh, again, expecting rain. I handicapped this that the stakes races for the turf were going to be on the turf. Fingers crossed that that uh, ends up happening. No guarantees, but it's interesting. You have two Chad Brown horses in here. They get the Ortiz brothers. The three, Dolce Zell is a French bred who's making her North American debut here. You're like, hey, getting high red, probably going to be a great horse. Uh, Jose rides Spicer. Neither of these horses is the first or second choice on the morning line. This is kind of crazy to me here. You So you expected both Browns to be that the, the chalk here? I thought Dolce Zell would be, yeah, before I saw the morning line. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's what's a Michael Dub Maticat horse coming over coming in from overseas. Chad Brown's thirty five percent right now, first time North America, seven for twenty. So it's it's a decent sample size. All the numbers fit. I'm using the three. Um, I went three deep here. I thought this race was. I mean, I don't want to say fairly easy, but I thought it was one where I really don't think there's that many horses that can win the race. Uh, top pick for me was actually the seven horse, a little love and luck. One thing that you learn about watching or playing tournaments at Tampa Bay Downs, if you think speed's good at Gulfstream, go watch the quarter, of course, at Tampa, because holy shit, it's amazing. Uh, so you want to make sure you have whoever is on or close to the lead. That's the seven horse here. Paco is going to send. Paco could have a day here if he's, he's willing to just go to the lead at Tampa Bay all day. Um, he should send and get a pretty comfortable lead in this spot. I think a little love and luck uh, is really dangerous loose up front. So I'm going to use the seven, a little love and luck. And then, I mean, I like the two Browns both make sense. I mean, this is Spicer coming back in a spot, which I think is, is reasonable. And, and Dela, uh, Dolce Zell, who's coming overseas, and, and you get Irad up for, for the connections that you would expect this horse to fire. So for me, I think it's three, six, seven. You don't really need to go anywhere else. Uh, well, we agree on the seven, a little love and luck. I tell you, when I handicapped this, I didn't have the morning lines and I thought for sure, I'm like, the Chads are going to take money. So, uh, I made cases in my head to play against them and so I didn't use them. Um, I not using them. I do like a little love and luck. I thought you touched on all the uh, answers well there. Uh, number nine, ambitious at three to one, the uh, morning line favorite actually, which surprised me a little bit, uh, for grand motion, Manny Franco going to get first time Lasix here. She went maiden special weight to the grade three Swedish chant. When we talk about with motion, this isn't a, a, a trainer who likes to do that very often. He's not super aggressive. She finished a late running second to an experienced multiple stakes place rival. So was a very talented horse at that moment who beat her. And unlike the new Chad horse that's coming in here, Dolce Zell, this one has plenty of experience at two turns. I love that motion debuted her at two turns, um, just like Mike Dini did with a little love and luck. Another reason to like that horse. Um, Manny Franco, only five rides so far to me, but has a win four on the board effort. So he's doing very well. Obviously, so is Irad. He's 5 for 10 starting today uh, at Tampa. So he's got his own good stats. But I'm going to use Ambitious, and I'm kind of drawing the line with the 9 and the 7 over the two Chads and the 7. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I like, I, you got to decide which way you want to go. If you're going to use one Chad, you kind of have to use both in this spot since you get both Ortiz brothers. Um, yeah, Dolce Zell, I remember last week it was AE at Gulfstream as well, didn't end up drawing in. So you know that he, he you know, Brown thinks pretty highly of the horse who was doing that. To me, the other one, and then this horse is getting some some love in here, uh, the one Mrs. Barbara. I agree. This one's really interesting. This was my fourth horse in and my last horse off the ticket. Uh, I'm at 48 bucks. If you want a single in the last classic causeway, the one Mrs. Barbara would be the horse that I would be putting on um, instead of going too deep in that last spot. This horse run well up in Woodbine, um, been in a couple graded stakes the last two times out or two of the last three out, including the grade three uh, Marzini and the grade one Natalma. That one Natalma was won by Wild Beauty. The second place horse was Pizza Bianca, who came back to win at the Breeders' Cup. Um, and the one horse, Mrs. Barbara, ended up running fourth in that spot. Won a maiden special weight off that on the synth. Came back and was successful in grade three in the synthetic. So I, I think Mrs. Barbara's live. And anytime Hernandez gets on a Cassie horse, it seems like it's a pretty good combination in the state of Florida. So I wouldn't talk anyone off the one. I decided to go too deep in the last instead of singling Classic Causeway. That was why the one fell off my ticket. My last horse on, uh, and I went um, for the $5 ticket. I just used those first two, the, the seven and the nine. 50 center. I'm going to add the five sweet duchess at 10 to one. I think she's a little sneaky in here. And again, I handicapped this, assume, not assuming, believing that the Chads aren't going to fire enough to win. I like this horse. She took huge steps forward once we tried the turf. She's basically ahead away from being two for two over the local turf. So she has that advantage over the rivals like Chads that bring in that are, I uh, haven't tried it before. 
Will Take Charge is a 14% turf route sire. That's above average. The dam was three for seven turf routing. They were all allowance level, so uh, had some class there. This is specifically a class test for her to face these horses, including the Chads, but I like that there's a bigger field than what she faced last time out. I didn't think that she had enough that she could really chase to be able to get the victory. So it gives me hope that she's coming from off the off the pace. It's just a matter of, you know, are the Chads going to fire or not? And if they don't, I think she's got about as good a shot as anybody. I mean, I don't hate it. If you're, if you're knocking both Chads out, which, I mean, let's be honest, it's a pretty aggressive move. Uh, yeah, the fives numbers fit. Like, that's the thing. If, if you're taking away from both of them, if you assume they're not going to get improvement, then the five and the seven – Really, the eight have the best numbers in this field, so I, I don't, I don't disagree with the move on using the five if you're going to chuck the chads out. I just, I think it's aggressive to throw out the chads when you get both Ortizes on them. What a world where uh, you're using two Chad Browns, I'm chucking both of them. And by the way, uh, I'm not only going against you directly, I'm going against Nick Feldman, and this this always works out very well for me. I'm excited. Didn't you have a rule about chucking Chad, Irad, and Matacat? Wasn't there a rule about? No, that? it was Klarovich. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, so Klarovich doesn't Klarovich doesn't still support Bob Baffert. So. so you can make the rule once uh once this horse wins for fun, then we can make the second rule. Listen, tune in Monday. We might have new rules to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Third leg of the All Stakes pick four at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday, March 12th, race 10. We're going back to Ernestine on the turf, hopefully. Uh the Columbia Stakes, which we, this is the three-year-old male version, except it's not because why is this amount of 16th shorter than that? I don't understand it. But you got nine three-year-old males in here. Who are you going with on top? Okay, this one was, again, I'm all about speed in these spots. And the two speed horses happen to be the two horses ridden by the Ortiz brothers. What happens when two speed horses ridden by the Ortiz brothers are the only speed in a race? One of them gets a lone lead. I'm, I think it's the five, so the five is on top. I think he's going to wire the field. But my two must-uses are the two Ortiz horses that are on the speed. Because either the two or the five is loose. I don't know which one it is. I think it's the five. But I'm going to use the two and the five as my two must-uses because one of them will be loose and the other will be the other Ortiz blocker just plodding along behind him, allowing that one to go wire to wire. Yeah, we, we do not agree. One iota in this race here. What? Uh, nope. We did not. We, who do you, you like? Went, you, went, you went four deep, and I didn't touch any of them. How did, how, what, who did you how, use? Who, what, he, how, who, uh, uh, the three kitten okay. mischief. Tell me how the hell you didn't use the three kitten mischief. This is a horse that is uh, buy into mischief out of kittens. Joy mare that has never tried turf. That was trying the triple crown trail. Unlike a Dale Romans or Kenny McPeak, Jonathan Thomas went, Oh, this horse doesn't belong here. Let's put him where he does belong. Puts him into a spot turf routing. I'm getting four to one. Uh, this horse is, if this horse takes to the turf, which everything says that he should, and if we stay on the turf, uh, this could have been a single for me. This horse I absolutely love. Into Mischief, 14% turf outside. The damn one, five stakes, three at the grade three level, all going long on turf. I don't get why you're not using this horse, buddy. I really don't. Well, you, you, you actually bring up some very good points. Uh, the fact that it hadn't tried the turf was the main reason for me, but the kitten's joy is on the bottom, so I won't knock you too hard about it. He tried using on the debut turf. and it was rained off. Yeah. He tried on debut. That's a Mexamich angle. I'm just saying. Yeah, he did try on debut. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to knock you on him. I'm, I'd love to know if he drew in off the AE or not on that race, actually. But anyway, I'll, he, I'll look that I'll look that up while you because uh, he was nine of ten in that race. 
And so it'd be interesting in, if, you know, if, if, because it's Aqueduct, if how many horses were AE or not. Anyway, um, yeah, I actually don't dislike your three at all. I think you make some pretty good points around it. Um, I just decided to go in different directions. I'm concerned the horse doesn't have a ton of speed, although he has shown some tactical speed in both of the dirt, rate, dirt mile races. So we'll see where he is from, a, from an early pace perspective. That's one that you know I would definitely consider here, um, especially if we come off the turf. I'd be all over that three. But if we're on the turf, the, the three is still interesting. I didn't use it on my ticket. Maybe I'll put it on instead of the nine here. Um, have to make a call there. The six horse was my next one on Fort Washington. Uh, this is a, a Peter and Brand horse. Sugman Gay's training, Warfront. Uh, it's the first time out as a three-year-old. Both those two-year-old efforts were absolutely monstrous. Uh, I remember this horse at debut of Fort Washington. It was touted early in its career. Uh, ran well first time out at Belmont. Just wasn't able to get the job done. Um, they pretty much had like, I think it was four horses right across the wire there uh, in that race. And it just, just couldn't get up. Um, the second race saw so had a nice turn of foot, was able to get the job done at Aqueduct. This horse has been training very, very well. Workouts two and three back were both bullets. Uh, I think it's all systems go for the six horse Fort Washington. He's going to be rolling from off the pace here. First time I was a three-year-old. I actually was going to use the six. Um, and then I, when I went back and, and checked after the morning lines came out, it was too chalky for me to keep going. Um, to, so the six hit the cutting room floor for me. I don't love the fact that uh, of the horses that, um, we're in that race. 11 horses that he beat last time out. Nine of them have run back. Only two of them have won. The one that did win on turf got a 68 buyer. The one that did it, uh, the other one was on dirt versus 30K claimers. So, so far, hasn't been a strong uh, effort. Not to say the horse, you know, just beat a bunch of crap that day. Um, I did look up, by the way, it's funny you bring up Fort Washington. That race that was rained off the turf for Kitten Mischief. Kitten Mischief was not a main track only entry. Fort Washington was in it and scratched out of it. So, uh, Fort Washington, they were like, we're not going to run uh, in, if it's going to be in the mud. So that also might give you a clue if they take this off the turf Saturday, what's going to happen. Yep. Um, so, sorry, was that it for you, for your horses? Uh, I'm using the nine as well. Okay. Uh, electrostatic. And I, I don't know, maybe I'll put your three in instead. This is this is one of those horses I just think is really interesting. I mean, it's an absolute bomb. So it's 12 to one. I think you're going to get every bit of that, probably even a little bit more. Um, the, the time, or I'm sorry, the, the buyer number came back of 59 winning one a mile going over colonial. So that like, it's not anything that just blows you away on paper, but it's one of those, that's just really interesting placement to me here. Delacour could have put this horse in a lot of spots and to, to bring this horse back off a long layoff, which by the way, 43%, smaller sample size, just 14 runners, but 43% is still pretty darn good. And put him into this spot is just really, really aggressive. You got to think the horse is going to take a step forward off of that first effort. It has to take a big one to be able to be competitive. But just one of those spots where when you have horses like this coming in, and, and I don't think this field is like a world beater field, I'm willing to take a shot at a horse that's about around 12 to 1. I think I'm going to get 15 or 20 to 1, maybe even more in the pick four uh, in a spot like this. So, so electrostatic to me is one of those long shots. It's just it's a head scratcher enough that I want to include it on my ticket. Uh, yeah, I don't hate it at twelve to one. I uh, didn't use, but I kept looking at this going. I don't, don't really, yeah. don't get. But then I see the forty three percent. What is that? Six for fourteen coming off this kind of a layoff. I'm like, well, that's that's not a joke. That's I mean, fourteen is a small sample size, but it's enough of a sample size. <laughs> it's just one of those like you look at it and you just. And you know the horse has talent. I mean, the stud for the the stud Midnight Storm stands for seven thousand five hundred. This horse sells for one hundred eighty five thousand dollars. So it's not like the horse didn't show precociousness early on in its career to be able to sell for that much, especially with that large of a multiplier. So you got to think there's some talent inside that that nine. And and then you see the win, and this is the spot we come back in. Like, and Delacour's not a moron. He's a good trainer. 
So you're, yeah. you're getting a good trainer with a top jockey who knows the turf course well, and you're getting a price in a spot where I think it's going to be largely ignored because you've got really four horses that make a ton of sense in this spot. So maybe we can get a big bomb home with a nine here. Um, uh, I want to, but before I give you that, I went too deep here before I uh, get into that. Ashley had brought up a, a question earlier about if there's anything on dirt that we like. Do you want to, after we go through the pick four, touch back on that later? Or do you want to do, do mean- it now? You mean by like horses Let, from this race if it rains off? The, the two, the two, yeah, the two turf stakes races in case it get rains, rained off. Is there any one right now that we like? Yeah, I mean, well, let's finish up this race with who else you used on your ticket because I'm assuming you didn't single the three, and then let's talk uh, the two races on turf cool. and who we like on the dirt. Um, because I, I didn't want to forget. I already told her I was going to forget about. Uh, so the other horse that I used, and I'm singling on the five dollar ticket with three, but on the fifty center, I'm going to use the eight Gingrich as well. And again, this is handicapping, assuming we're going to be on soft turf. It's exactly what this horse broke his maiden on at Keeneland uh, last October by two and a half lengths. Only seen him once since then in the Denia Beach Stakes or the Dania Beach Stakes. I always say that wrong. The Dania Beach Stakes uh, and, and ran fourth, just kind of ran in place a little bit. But if you look at that Dania Beach Stakes, all five of them have come back to uh, to run since then. Three of them won, including the winner, Grand Sonata, repeated in the Kittens Joy Stakes. So that or was the Palm Beach. One of those two repeated in his stakes next out. And I don't know whether a lot of horses in this field, if it stays on turf, if they're going to like if it's soft turf or not. But I know this one will. And I know he's coming out of a key race there. Uh, I'm getting four to one, getting Luis Saez aboard. And then I assume if we're rained off, Luis Saez, this horse is scratching. He's going to jump on the seven. Yeah, I I looked at this horse for a little while. I just couldn't get there with the other horses in here. It feels like you need to take a step forward. And and that everything that, that that Daniel Beach, I mean, they did not go fast at all. And, and this was the one horse that faded off that pace. And so for me, like when we look at the chart, we often say they ran in a circle and this one horse closed. We're going to upgrade that horse. Well, if they run in a circle and one horse quit, someone's got to go the other way. I'm downgrading that horse. Like, and so this was the situation where Gingrich was the one horse who could kind of quit out of it. So I downgraded the eight because of it. So I didn't end up on the ticket. No, absolutely fair. Okay, so if this is going to be rained off, we both, I think, I speak for you, we both really like the three in this spot. Is there anyone from uh, this race, race 10, that if it's rained off, you like? uh race 10 so that's the one we're on right now yeah for me it would mainly be the three i think the six uh warfront obviously is a good uh off turf sire wet sire we've seen that a couple times so the six might be a little interesting but because it's scratched out as you mentioned that definitely brings some concern in here you kind of have to respect these like the seven horse who would probably become the de facto speed if the five comes out which you assume he would um oh i forgot to mention one more thing uh, and which I'll bring up now. So, yeah, so for me, it would be the three or the seven, um, specifically depending on the seven. If the five is out, I like a lot more because then the seven becomes low in speed. A huge angle on the five. You know how we often make fun of jockeys like Lannery off as an angle? Asmussen off is a huge angle here. You're going from Asmussen as a training a turf horse to Suge training a turf or I'm sorry, to Clement training a turf horse. That's a huge upgrade. I mean, I did notice that. I, I I love that you you just had to bring it back to give one more dig at the ass, man. Well, I'm, I'm not digging him. I'm just saying that he's significantly <laughs> worse turf trainer than Christophe Clement. That's not a dig. That's just the, it's a factual thing. <laughs> Let's roll it back real quick here. Uh, the Grade Three Florida Oaks. If this uh, field were to be taken off the turf, is there anyone that you would like on the dirt? Yes, this one I think is awfully spicy with some of these pedigrees. Spicer, the uh, I didn't even mean to do that. The six horse, uh, quality road out of a curling mare. Yeah, slop me up there. Yeah, right. And then both the eight and the nine are interesting. Both Magda de Oro, uh, the eight has Bernardini on the bottom, the nine distorted humor. Both of those are solid mud track pedigrees. Uh, the six horse is just like 
Chef's Kiss, the eight and the nine are both strong in the mud track pedigree. So it'd be six, eight, nine for me. Um, and I would probably go shorter if this if this field ends up being like five, which I think it might if it rains off. I may just single the six. I excuse me, sorry about that. That's a beer turn. Um, I actually like the two, and you could look back and say, well, the one time the horse tried slop was you guys a zero buyer. And first of all, they kept the horse in when it was rained off for an allowance and two. It wasn't like a big thing. Also, the horse bobbled at the start and was never engaged and got kicked back. And this is a horse that, uh, based on her past performances, likes to come from behind. So, you know, if she gets coming from behind, there's kickback and she hates it again. Okay, we learned our lesson, but I like the fact that they kept this horse in when it was sloppy at Keeneland. I think that this could be a little sneaky. You've got a Giants Causeway as the uh, as the super sire, the sire sire, um, and then also the one is a, a Bodie, son of Bodie or daughter of Bodie Meister, uh, who himself is a son of Empire Maker. And if you see Empire Maker on the form for wet, it's like yes, that one right there. Like yeah, I, I don't like this horse at all. <laughs> so I'm not going to give you any love for it. But all you right, mean the, two, the two horse you're talking about. Yeah, the two horse okay. on the mud to me is not an upgrade. To me, it's like. It's a, a a horse that has no go, no giddy up. That in a race with little pace on a track that would favor speed. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Anywho, let's go on to Anywho, the. Anywho, let's move on. The uh, final race of the All Stakes Pick Four Sequence Race Eleven, the headlining event, the Grade Two Tampa Bay Derby, fifty points on the line to the winner for the Kentucky Derby Trail, twenty to second, ten to third, five to fourth, and of course your heavy favorite, eight to five. Good luck. Uh, the four horse classic Causeway coming off of that impressive win over this course and distance in his three-year-old debut in the grade three Sam F Davis stakes. However, he has not tested a wet track before he is a son of giants Causeway. You'd think that he'd be okay with it, but other horses like Shipsational, they do have that proven wet form. So what are you doing on top? Oh, I'm going to eat that chalk with classic Causeway. He's like, look, this is, and it's funny because I'm going to bring up new Grange. It kind of feels like a new Grange scenario where it's like, I really didn't want to pick classic Causeway. Um, but the more you dig into it, you kind of like classic Causeway. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of like classic Causeway. Now, the, the the mud obviously brings in another another factor here. And there's a lot of horses who would probably love an off track in this spot. So you kind of you, you've got to decide where you want to shrink up the ticket and if you want to go deeper in here if there is an off track because horses like happy boy rocket the three horses like um uh golden glider the six they would love the mud i mean a constitution with the eight major general probably be into the mud um you know so it's it's you even have a, a practical joke and hard spun are both good mud sires too so there's a lot of horses that would seem to take take a step forward on the mud here but none of them are as good as classic causeway and that's really what it all comes down to to me like that last race was really impressive in my mind. I, I thought that, you know, if you go watch the live reaction, I thought he was going way too fast. I thought someone was going to come from behind and be able to pick him up and, and no one could. And then you look at, okay, so let's say I just cross off the horses that he's already beat, or I feel like I have a good take on. That means I'm looking at like the 11 money supply, the eight major general. That means that, you know, it's, it's the three happy boy rocket, the one grant Pam, who are the new shooters in here? And I'm not overly impressed by any of them. I am going to use one of them in my ticket to go too deep. But to me, there's just there's not an abundance of talent that's showing up to take him on here, and that's the biggest issue. I'm going to use uh, for him. This is a, five, a single on the five dollar ticket. I went too deep for fifty cents, but uh, for Classic Causeway, I think I'd use the same argument that I'm going to use in a couple of weeks for Louisiana Derby and Epicenter, which is most of this field, a lot of this field, he's already beaten, and the ones that he hasn't don't scare me really, not that much. So it, it's really hard for me to to find. You have to work really hard to make a solid case. Uh, against him here i will i didn't the other horse i didn't use is not happy boy rocket 
but I did see JL, uh, all the things on Happy Boy Rocket. Play him in the future pool. It was he's like his his odds are huge right now. Yeah, so I think three hundred to one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like him, uh, if you like him to win this race, play him at three hundred one in the future pool somewhere. Uh, if you can do that, the other horse I use is actually the bottom of the screen there. The seven strike hard at eight to one. First of all, if you want the full uh, analysis of the Tampa Bay Derby from Jared Welch, he did that over at the YouTube channel. And uh, spoiler alert, he likes strike hard a little bit as well here. If classic causeway hates the sloppy track to me, this is actually the horse that I fell on not ship stational, but this one as the one that I think will like it the most. Um, he does have the ability. He doesn't always show up, but he has the ability to be forwardly placed and we're getting Luis Saez aboard. And that really caught my attention. I'm like, why Saez never rides for this barn. That's only had 56 starters all of last year. The only starter uh, that he's had at the meet has been strike hard. This is a very small barn. Why is Saez riding? The horse has got speed. And we could have a really sloppy track going two turns. So I like that about him. But also, let's look at that braiding. And I'm not talking about flashback and tap it. I'm talking about Coco Sweetie and Ten Pins. Mike, do you know who Ten Pins is? Uh, it's a horse. Ten Pins is a Michigan bred son of Smart Strike who won three or four starts on muddy tracks, all at actual tracks, not Michigan tracks, including the Grade Three Fayette Stakes at Keeneland. I think this horse is super sneaky if this becomes a complete bog. And if Classic Causeway doesn't like it, give me Strike Hard and Luis Saez for the upset, baby. Yeah, I mean, Strike Hard has also, you know, faced simplification and White Barrio and Major General and got absolutely mopped up by Major General, actually. Oh, well, you know what? Let's take Major General as the other horse instead. Because if you want to talk about a good pedigree for an off track, how about we talk about Constitution out of an Uncle Momare? Okay? <laughs> Sloppier the better for the eight. And... This is like I, we did a video on Pletcher and one of the horses we mentioned was Major General coming back and possibly being a derby horse. Look, Pletcher has definitely let us down a couple times on this derby trail. This horse has done absolutely nothing wrong. I literally mean nothing wrong. He's undefeated. Two yeah. and up. Two for two. Um, won the grade three Iroquois right off of a win uh, at Saratoga breaking his maiden. And what I thought was a really impressive maiden breaking score was able to do that wire to wire. Was able to come from off the pace at a mile and a 16th. This horse will love the off track. Love it. Like this constitution has consistently been one of the best sloppy track sires. Uncle Mo, another wonderful uh, sloppy track sire. And here we're, we're looking at the mayor's Uncle Mo. I, I think the eight could take a major step forward. And the biggest thing to me is we talked about with these unknowns, right? Money supply would have been the horse I'd used, except practical joke is a problem going two turns. So I, I'm not going to use the 11 money supply. The eight has an infinite upside in this spot. You have absolutely no clue how good this eight could be. And, and the fact that we were able to break our maiden at Saratoga first effort, which is not an easy thing to do, go right into a grade three at Churchill and win in a mile 16th coming from off the pace, which we've never done, which is not an easy thing to do. We've checked every box here. This horse could take a step forward and beat this field. And, and if Classic Causeway doesn't fire for some reason, this is the horse that I want. Uh, you just convinced me. I looked up Constitution's wet route sires, 22 or 23 percent. I was like, shit, we're putting the major general on the ticket. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go four, seven, eight here. The bottom half is is excellent as well. Like Uncle Mo is a excellent off track sire. So having, you know, Uncle mm -hmm. Mo come out of uh, who is, by the way, one for one with 118 buyer the one time he ran Went in the Kelso. Track. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. So, yeah, to me, the eight horse is the one that takes a huge step forward. And, and again, the upside is just. It's it's massive. You have no idea how much like th this horse could run a ninety five buyer, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like that's the thing. You could see a twenty thirty buyer point jump, and, and it wouldn't surprise me because it, we don't know how good Major General is. 
we have like we don't know how good money supply is, but I think the two turns thing is a problem. We have a pretty good idea of how good everybody else is, and so for me, I'll take the, the unknown and eight. The eight major generals, my second horse. Uh, let's bring up. Yeah, you just went too deep here. Uh, Nick brings up a wild card horse for him. The ten Belgrade. Look at that, perfectly put on the screen too. Uh, first time around two turns, forwardly placed for Grand Motion. You've got Hector Diaz Jr. in twenty to one in a huge purchase, seven hundred k off a thirty five k stud fee. Uh, must have been a private purchase because it's showing up as 45k for me. So they must have privately purchased after winning, uh, breaking the maiden at fairgrounds last fall. Yeah, I mean that. That I'm seeing the 45k as well. Um, I mean it's aggressive. That that's the one thing I could say about yeah. the placement. I, it's a big step up. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't talk anyone off it at 20 to one, but it's one of those where I I would rather have a a horse in a different leg at 20 to one than this leg at 20 to one, just because I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of classic causeway and major general in this spot, but that's more because of who I like in this race versus saying the tent's got no shot. Mark says he's uh, with us singling the four classic causeway in the pick four and spreading with a pick three. If all hell breaks loose, uh, that's not a, not a terrible idea. And he was going three, four, eight, nine. So he's liking ship stational tonight. I didn't use, but I wouldn't be upset if this horse uh, won because I, I do like the story about Ed Barker. He's a, a New York claiming trainer. And he's like, I've never been, he's never even visited Churchill Downs. He's it's not that he hasn't been to the Kentucky Derby with the horse. He's literally never been to the track before. So it'd be pretty cool. Why did you not use this horse? I guess is my question. Uh, last time was the chance in my mind. Like if you're going to, if, if ship station was going to be classic causeway last time was the chance to do it. I, I think this is going to be an easier setup for classic causeway than it was last race where he, you know, just really had to go balls to the wall right from the beginning to be able to be forwardly placed, get a lead, and then be able to pull free. I mean, he went 22 and 3, 46 and 3 in that race. That was fast and did not come back to them. Like, the, to me, that's that's the biggest issue with a horse like Ship Sational is that I don't see uh, you got to make the argument that, okay, well, Ship Sational is going to take a huge step forward, second off the layoff, and that's going to flip the three and a half quarter lengths difference. Problem is, it's also second off the layoff here for Classic Causeway. So you can't really say one's going to take a step forward and the other isn't. So then the, what in the trip made you think that you're going to be able to make up three and three quarters lengths? And to me, the better trip was actually probably by the nine who got the setup that you wanted to be able to run into a pace versus the, the versus Classic Causeway who had to, to set the pace. So uh, I would almost argue that, ship, that Classic Causeway has more upside second off the layoff than Ship Stational does. But again, like, you know, if you're getting the right price, that then then I would start to make the argument. I would probably want around ten to one on the nine. I think the the attachment with the nine is just that the multiple off track wins and, and the nice buyers for doing so. I think if you if you're a supporter of Shipsational, you are expecting that three and three quarter length difference to be made up when the track just literally gets flipped on mm -hmm. its head. And we won't know if that happens uh, until we get there. Uh, two more horses to talk about. Just got a little bit of time. The eleven money supply, Chad Brown. Uh, debuts at six furlongs, wins, now stretches out to two turns for his stakes. He did this with early voting. But for me, I didn't want to do it because it's practical joke uh, as the top sire there. But I don't know. This isn't like, again, maybe something happens here. Was practical joke what scared you away? No, I think that's a false. I, I think the buyer is, is wrong. Um, that's what scared me away. Like, 91 at Tampa for a debut six furlong effort isn't that, 40, that doesn't stand out to you? 48 to one shot runs second. I think it's an 86 buyer from a barn that's 0 for 22 at Tampa and was two for 140 in 2021. Got an 86 buyer for running second in that race. I mean, come on. Like, like this, come on, you know? And, and that's when you dig deeper. You know, the third place horse was a first time starter for the Pletcher barn. 
that ran big, got an 86 buyer back as well. And okay, yeah, you can start to make a case for that. But then you dig a little deeper. The fourth place horse got a 79 buyer. First time out, he got a 27 buyer. It's a little bit big of a step forward. The fourth place horse, I'm sorry, the fifth place horse got a 78 buyer. His three previous buyers were 51, 60, and 50. Like everything about that race tells me that it's a faulty buyer, that the that the number came back significantly higher. And I think there's a bunch of reasons why it could have happened. You know, it was a quick race, but like a lot of times you can find these races where it's like, no, no, mm -mm, that doesn't make sense. Like in in this case, every other horse in the race's buyer that they got doesn't make sense. So why should I believe that this 11's buyer does make sense, right? Yeah, I think uh, I'm with Mike. I'll let you beat me when you do that. I mean, if if the horse had won by, you know, by 10 or something like that, or did it completely effortless, I mean, then you can – you may, but even then, it's kind of hard to make a case. Well, ironically, if he gets a 91 and the people behind him get like 72s and 73s and he won by 12, different story. Because then like, yeah, they all ran to what they did and he ran this race. But like, you're telling me that everyone in that race improved by 15 to 20% from their previous starts? And this like, no, no, that like the time is what, what created this number that came back. And I just don't believe that the, that the number is correct in this spot. Last one to talk about the 12 spin wheelies in our fantasy league. And I want to talk about it because Dan is going to text me about it. And I'll say, Dan, just go listen to the benchmark show. We talked about spin wheel. Uh, 20 to 1 here. To me, I, I, this is a turf horse through and through. And I keep trying to tell Dan that. They debuted him on the turf at Saratoga. His dam was grade three place turf routing. Uh, he is a turf horse. Stop trying the Kentucky Derby Trail with him. He'll like the wet. There's a positive thing. All right, let's move on. There we go. <laughs> Where's the brand? There it is. That's going to this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to go through the all-stakes pick four sequence at Tampa Bay Downs on Saturday, March 12th. Remember, that is races 8 through 11, not 9 through 12. Uh, if you're watching the replay or live, thanks for joining us. Give us a like, a thumbs up. We really appreciate it. And down below, we've got our tickets. I'll start with mine for 50 cents. 149 with 579 with 38 with 478 adding the major general there. That's $27. And then for $5 ticket, really pressing my opinions, one nine chucking the favorite, then seven nine singling the three, singling classic causeway. That is a twenty dollar ticket, Mr. Samich. I'm just gonna play one fifty cent ticket here because I'm spending a little bit more money than you are on yours. So I'm going to uh, kick this puppy off with three five eight nine with three six seven with two five six nine with four eight for fifty cents. That'll cost you forty eight dollars. Uh, command performance, the long awaited return in a maiden special weight event is going to be a Tampa Bay Downs drilling card. And Jared Welch is, is crossing his fingers and toes that the horse wins. Nick asks, will he be the most single horse of the weekend earlier on the card? Has to be. Uh, I don't know if I can like, not, not just yes. This is like a hell yes. It's not even going to be close. And it, the main reason isn't just because he's coming back. It's also who he's facing. Like this, this field left a little bit to be desired here. If he doesn't win, um, 25K claimers are where we should end up next. I mean, it's like the, the, this is a, a, an easier spot than when he's going to be in like a, a like a, one of those Thursday races that they write for Pletcher because he's got like an Emmanuel that just needs another race. Like this should be so – if he doesn't win this, I mean – yeah. Oh but boy. It, it, Major General's his last shot. It's interesting because I know that that I think I don't know if it was Jared Aaron posted on there and Justin Du, who's one of my friends, he comes back and says, Hey, like I know he likes the horse. I know he has him, I think it's 60 to 1 or 90 to 1 to win the Derby. And I agree with both of them. Like, look, this is where he should show up and he should romp on this field and then go into a prep race. That's exactly what you're hoping for, right? And so he got the field to romp on. I don't care who the field is, who's in the field. All I care is that the horse wins and wins convincingly. I want like a four or five length win. 
without like completely under wraps. That's what I'm looking for here. We get that. We move on to a major prep race. We run first, second, or third. We're in the Derby gate. And that's exactly what we're looking for. Like So um, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I don't think he ends up in the Florida Derby either way. I think this is bluegrass to me. I, I, I think that you, you just don't have enough time yep. yeah, to get back into the Florida Derby. So I think you're going to see command performance in the bluegrass. I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing um, Todd send horses to Tampa or to, to the Florida Derby. So I, I, I think you're going to see command performance there as long as he, he does well on Saturday. Well, uh, so building off next question, is he the favorite in the bluegrass in this scenario then? It's hard because McPeak has got three different horses all aiming for 20 different races. So, but I would take if command performance wins by 10, how is he? I, I don't know. He's Pletcher. I'm going to go for no. the name on the jersey. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going no. I, I just, I don't think the field is so bad. If he wins by, he needs to run a monster race for the rest for this, this, this to show up, right? And maybe, yeah, maybe he runs huge and maybe he gets a, a 95 buyer. Then yes, he'll definitely be the favorite in that race. But I just don't see him running a monster number back because I don't think he's going to need to. And I think that's going to keep him from being the favorite in a race like the Bluegrass. And I, I have a feeling that the Bluegrass may get a couple horses that have actually run well in other preps that are trying to make sure they're in the Derby field that end up showing up there. And one of them ends up being the favorite who, you know, ran third in Louisiana or ran, you know, like, what if Ship Sational shows up here or shows up there after running second in both races at Tampa in the Sam F. Davis and the Tampa Bay Derby? He's probably going to be favored over this horse. Like, so I, to me, it's just it's one of those where it's a, we'll see what happens. But I, I would be surprised if he ends up the favorite. Uh, Mark says you can put Nike on a minor leaguer, but he's still a minor leaguer. I don't know if he's talking about the horses in the field. One of these Pletchers or if he's talking about Dale Roman's giant game because he's been throwing shade at that guy, too. I mean, Dale Romans and Kenny McPeak, I can't, like. I, what are I have, you doing? We have a better chance of winning a claim than figuring out what the hell's going through these people's minds right now with some of these horses. It's ridiculous. So we'll see where they end up and where they run. And I just, ugh, like, the, the plans just, I don't get it. That's okay, Mike. Their their misfortune and, and poor mistakes lead to us getting, you know, better prices and good win bets in. So it all works out. Hey, uh, listen, the Blinkers Off guys are going to be on later today. They're covering all of the Tampa Bay card stakes. So if you're interested in playing that, it's like getting the inside track wagering guide, but for free because you get the two of them doing it. Minus my editing. So sorry if there's uh, some things that are misspelled when they're talking. But it was a lot of fun doing this show. I hope we pleased everybody by talking about the future. I'm just kidding. One of our followers like, gave us a little bunch of crap. I'm just giving him crap. He knows that I'm looking. We didn't go to fairgrounds that one weekend. And there was two reasons. First off, we're doing a live stream and we did a pick four for that. So we didn't do it for that reason. And secondly, fairgrounds takeout sucks. They are like 25% on the pick four. And and one of the things that I consistently harp on is we don't want to give love to the places that the takeout sucks. And unfortunately, fairgrounds is one of those tracks where it sucks. So we did a golf stream sequence that day. I stand by the decision. I stand by the decision. We would have, I still think I had a better shot of hitting it at Gulfstream than I did to fairgrounds. I'm like, I want to give out a winning ticket uh, there. Um, Mark says, I think those two smoke some pineapple express before picking spots. I don't even, I, you think that a state called the bluegrass would have some good stuff, but uh, guess not. Maybe that, yeah. maybe not because it's blue. Maybe that's yeah. why it's not good there. Yeah, um, that would, that would, <laughs> I don't know if I'd want anything that's blue. That would, Freak me out a little bit. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Check out the uh, Blinkers Off guys. They'll be on at 4 uh, Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we have previews for the Captiva Island Stakes with this guy right here. That's a Gulfstream Park. Ironically, Gulfstream is supposed to have a pretty good day weather-wise on Saturday. So if you want to play turf, go to Gulfstream. Uh, and then we also have the Tampa Bay Derby preview that Jared did. If you also don't look at replays and want to learn how I look at them, 
we actually did a specific replay breakdown for that Captiva Island race. Uh, and it's kind of t- like I go into wow, I look watch replays and what I'm looking for in some cases. So if uh, if you don't and you want to see or if you're just interested in seeing how I do it, uh, that's one of the things that I think is interesting about that specific video we did. That was really great. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. And we tried something new. So if, if you like it, let us know. Uh, tell us in the comments and we can start playing around with that stuff more. But uh, yeah, it's I don't know. The Red Wings game is tonight. I'm, I've started drinking because the Red Wings lost a couple nights ago to Phoenix yes. at home, 9-2. to two. <laughs> It I was so bad. They Nadelka, just scored another goal. Nadelka, you know? God, God damn, I knew it. That's what my phone's going off for. It's not because baseball's back, because Phoenix is still scoring. Nadelkovich got pulled, and then the backup did so poorly, they're like, no, throw Ned back in. And Ned's like, I don't want to go in. It was it was bad. So I'm now it's Minnesota, and, and they actually have players. It's it's going to be a rough night. Yeah, that's when you just send in the Zamboni driver, like uh, like what the what was it like Carolina did against Tor- or t- Toronto against Toronto won. using Toronto's minor Zamboni league driver, Zamboni yeah. driver. Freaking, all- I love that story. You got a young gun card too. It's like the most collectible rookie in hockey cards. So he got a young gun card for playing that one game, which I thought was kind of cool as well. I'm pr- um, you I'm brought excited. that up on the show. It was the best thing that you had on the show. I remember that now. Was it? Oh, there mm-hmm. you go. Ah, uh, just. Well, let's bring it back. Just a good ideas, Mike. Bring it back to episode like 210 or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited for hockey to come down the stretch here. Looking forward to the playoffs. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. We got uh, we got Tampa Bay coming up, obviously. It's nice to take a little bit of a break from these mandatories. We've had like four of them in the last week and a half or two. So it's nice to, to get that. The last one to Parks out of the way on Wednesday. And now it's uh, some fun tournaments. We got some fun, fun tracks over the weekend. So looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Kellowart. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at Racing underscore Dudes. Blinkers off at 4 p.m. in just about an hour. Until Monday when Mike and I are back, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week, guys. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels. Never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first.